Hello and welcome to another episode of Schnozcast. Your host tonight, this is Bob, along with my excellent, excellent chums, Nick and Todd. And tonight, we've got a little booze news for you, uh, some 90-second sports, the amazing airing of grievances from Todd Dillon. Never disappoints, unless he's on a plane. <laughs> uh, gentlemen's agreement, and we'll see what else we got for you. Maybe, maybe a little something extra. Maybe. All right. Um, I did say that uh, I was going to get through housekeeping first and then dish it off to you fellas. So let me get that out of the way. So if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining. Please, please uh, stick with us every week. We release new episodes out on social media on Fridays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So subscribe so you get a notification when we go live. Uh, you can find us out there on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else where you get a podcast. You can also find us out on the uh, streaming services on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Schnozcast. And you can email us at schnozcast and gmail.com. And do not forget the Shocker Line. A 618 Shocker, you can call or text anytime. Open and ready for your calls, questions, and queries. <laughs> shocker! Baby. Big Bader, how are you? Doing well, buddy. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah? It was pretty good. I was, uh, I, I was, I was stuffed. I was literally oh, pa- yeah. painfully full. Painfully full. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, <laughs> Jap, uh, Jack make his famous turnip pie? Uh, no, he, he held off this year. He didn't want us to get used to it, like expecting it every year. I mean, it's, it's not quite like a delicacy if you get it every year. That is true. Yeah. You've got to maintain an air of mystery, build up a buzz as all things turnip should be mysteries. Mm. Todd Dillon, how are you? Did he make, did he make, the, did he make the rutabaga rice? No. Ooh. Now hold on. You can't, if your claim to fame is turnip pie, you can't be throwing around <laughs> rutabaga rice, which is in the same family, I think. It's actually like I, I, I'm the master of all things root vegetable. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair, in Jack's defense, I think it's riced rutabagas. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're just showing off. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was good. There was uh, lots of food, lots of good good times and laughter, and um, and even some very very tiny pies. Did nice. Lori did Lori make her famous boiled water? <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> I part of me is like, oh, why would you say that? I'm like, no, she might find that funny. No, she's an excellent cook. She is an excellent cook. It, that's just uh, she just can't she, eat anything. That's what she can eat. Yeah. You, uh, well, <laughs> no, she. <laughs> More more ice cubes. There were <laughs> dude, there were a lot. Uh, so uh, uh, my my mother in law uh, likes to host it every year, and so she but she gets ready really early. Like it's Labor Day, and she's like, "Okay, Thanksgiving, my house. Here's what we're having. You're gonna take this. You're gonna take that. What can you bring? What can you bring?" <laughs> so and we're like, "It's it's fucking. In, it's almost just even September already." And she's like, "Yes, uh, I need it by tomorrow. We need to get this underway." Yeah, so... Um, so well, I she, mean, how embarrassing would that be? Two turnip pies. <laughs> right, you have to... Yes, there must be... You know, on the spreadsheet, who's, whose name you're going to put in your Potato pudding. Pie. Mm. <laughs> but there was, there was already going to be enough food that, that, she, that she could eat. Um, but I did say, 
like, okay, you're, you're, you're making a turkey. I'll, I'll also buy a ham. I said, that, that'll be the thing that, that I bring. Because I love a good ham on holidays. Yeah, absolutely. It's more of a Christmas thing, but yeah. Uh, holidays, right. Yeah. Any holiday. Um, and the ham that I buy for Thanksgiving can also be eaten on Christmas. More whipped water with H2O <laughs> mousse. <laughs> sure. Pile it on. Yeah. So I've, I've been working a lot of hours, and uh, I had d- literally did not have time to go get a ham until it was the Wednesday. It was the day before Thanksgiving. and oh, no. uh, You ended so up I, with a butcher boy, didn't you? I, <laughs> So I wanted to get a honey-baked ham, and there's a honey-baked ham seasonal store right on Ford Road, right by my house. And so I went over there at like 3.45 in the afternoon on Wednesday. And <laughs> so it's a seasonal store. They're not open. Uh, they're just for like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and that's it. I just envision you in like um, like a Charles Dickens, like woolen black coat with like, top a, hat. like a red scarf, a top hat. There's like for, yeah. blustery outside. and like A walking stick? Wiping your hand on the windshield of, the, uh, of my carriage of the of my no of, carriage? of the old old glass window, looking in the honey baked ham store, like in the sad <laughs> violin song in the background, like you know. No, uh, I, hey, they're I'm, open in East, Easter time too, Bob. Are I'm, they really? I'm sorry, yeah. sir. We've just sold our last one. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in there, and there's 12 people in the store, and they're all standing around, just staring at each other. And I'm informed by uh, the lady who's behind the counter that they're out of ham. They have no more hams. Who would have thought? There's a guy sitting outside smoking a cigarette, and uh, <laughs> this he, is a he, movie, he, man. He seemed, this is a movie. He started crying. He see he had on a you know a honey baked ham like uh, apron. So he worked there, but he seemed not to give a fuck because they were out of hams. Like, what, what am I going to do? What can I sell you if there's no hams? So <laughs> the t- turkey breast too. She gets a phone call and she goes outside and she's like, Frank, they want to talk to you, and he's like, ah. Let me stub this out. Oh, Jesus Christ goes in there. I'm going to have He's to like, sell you your newspaper later, sir. I got to go down to the Southgate store and pick up some hams. So he gets in his car and he drives away. And everybody's looking at this lady who has nothing to do. And, and now the questions come. Like, where is he going? How long is he going to be? How many hams is he getting? <laughs> He's going to bring back 40 hams. So there's 12 of us in the store. and People keep coming up to the door. And so it's 13 and it's 14. And I go. And she looks, like, scared. Like, this is her first job ever as a 45 year old woman is working at honey baked ham and she doesn't know what to do because she has no hams to sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Hey, if, if you give me a piece of That's paper, their with, whole business. Yes. Well, I'm getting to, she has I'm getting to, to that. So I go, if you can give me a piece of paper and a pencil, then uh, let's start writing down number one, number two, number three names to numbers. And so that we can figure out. So you're not going to have a store with like 50 people in it, all vying for 40 hams. There's enough of us here. I'll, every one of us are going to get a ham. Let's do that because in the time it's going to take for him to get you know, to and from Southgate with the hams, there could be another 50 people in here. You're she's a like, problem solving. She's like, okay. So everybody did it. And, and I think that that diffused the mob violence uh, that might have been in the air uh, should that have happened with l- more people than hams. <laughs> So now all of a sudden, well, you know he's going to come back with less than forty. Even <laughs> now, all of a sudden, everybody's friends, and we're all joking and laughing about. We know we have to wait at least thirty-five minutes for this guy to go get hams and come back, uh, but everybody's kind of having a good time, and they're just like, "That well, sucks to wait, but at least we're going to get a ham." So, thirty-five minutes goes by, forty-five minutes, an hour goes by, and the guy we get, she gets a call saying that he's just now leaving, 
and he's only got tw- <laughs> he's only got twenty four hams. Oh my god! <laughs> it was pandelirium. <laughs> now at that point there were and then twenty five punched twenty four in the face, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. There were there were less than twenty four people on the list. All of a sudden, <laughs> because some people <laughs> <laughs> some people had decided that they fuck this. We're not. I'm not waiting. I'm going somewhere else. And I'm like, the restaurants are like, well, I'm guaranteed a ham. I'm not leaving. I'm number seven. Why didn't you head over to Boston Market and call it a day? <laughs> I'm not buying a Boston Market ham. I might as well just make, I might as well just get some spam and put it on a plate. Bob. Yeah. The driver just called. He hit a bump. There's only three hams left. <laughs> so, so. And Little it, Timmy got lucky when that third ham fell off the back of the Model T. So it had been an hour and almost an hour and a half that we waited. The guy pulls up finally. In his fucking uh, Kia Sedona, whatever he was driving, and so I guess he went down to the Southgate store, and they're like, "You can't take forty hams. That's all we have is forty hams." He's like, "Well, I'm taking twenty four, and that's all there is to it." And he just started grabbing boxes. <laughs> he didn't even look to see what size these hams were. He just started grabbing <laughs> hams Listen, and shoving them in the car. When it's that when it's that late before the holiday, and you are one of the jackasses sitting outside the ham store fighting over hams, I don't think you have. Yeah. A- a- any kind of say in how many pounds of ham I want. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I asked for a 15-pound ham. Right. So the guy gets there, and then somebody, some guy in the store goes, um, "Do you ha- hopefully you have enough for me to get three hams. And then oh, everybody this? lost their... Office Christmas like, party what? guy? And, and the lady's like, no, it is one ham per customer, sir. And he's like, <laughs> and he got the death stare from everybody. He's like, okay, I guess I'll take my one ham. So the guy, so the guy starts, you know, the lady comes out of the front with a shopping cart and he starts on those cars. So me and all the other dad looking guys are like, no, oh, we'll help you. We've all been waiting for 90 minutes for you to get back here. And he's like, no, we've got it. I'm like, what do you mean you've got it? We're, we're all waiting. We've been waiting for you because you didn't have enough ham as a seasonal ham store at the seasonal time, so let let us help you bring them in. So. I, I envision people getting their like one bowl of porridge in the depression. Like this is what it sounds like. Like <laughs> you get one ladle each. <laughs> so I so I wait, and they get up to number seven. They call me up there, and uh, okay, and they the nerve to ask me like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "I don't even know what you have. Do you even know what you have? What is the smallest ham that you have?" The guy's like, "This is it. It's nine pounds." Like fucking nine pounds. I'm like, I guess that's the smallest you have. It's as that's- big as I was when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked out of there with a nine ah, pound ham. Six of its bone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they charge you for that bone, as I've learned. Mm. So, and that's what she said. And so, uh, Todd, how was your Thanksgiving? It was fabtabulous. It can't be fabtabulous was, uh, like it, like like how you're doing. Why can't it be? Oh, it's turkeylicious. So thank, thank you. Okay. That's what you're looking for? It was turkeylicious. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. I can't, I'm try, I can't think of anything that rhymes with duck other than, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Could have said it was duck and delicious. Hey, yeah. So, so, so one thing, though. Tur- My Thanksgiving was fine. I thought he asked you first. No, he didn't. No. Okay. Anyway, How's your Thanksgiving? It doesn't mean I wasn't going to ask Go ahead. Him. It's over now. The moment's passed. Oh my God, Todd! How was your Thanksgiving, Nick? I'll get to it you. It was turkeylicious. Okay, and Nick, your Thanksgiving was? Oh, it was pretty good. It was the first Thanksgiving without my grandma. Thank you for asking. Um, 
but uh, we managed to, my dad sent out a really nice text beforehand, um, and he had said, listen, you know, it's easy to dwindle on things like this and get upset during the holidays. He's like, but I remember one thing that your grandmother told me when I was going through a really hard time when I got uh, your mother divorced me. He's like, and basically she said, you know, what, what in your life, he was naming off all these horrible things. And she said, what in your life is positive? And uh, he said, well, what do you mean? Nothing. She said, well, there's got to be something. And he said, well, I got, you know, I just got this promotion at work. So I guess that's going good. She's like, well, try and hold on to that. You know, hold on to something that's that's positive. He said, and I feel like we have to do that in this circumstance to to serve her best. You know, so we had a great time. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you have a ham? No, it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you can have turkey and ham, as I just explained. We usually do. This is we haven't. This is the first year we haven't had ham in, in forever. You know, it was great. I'm sorry. So, Todd, what did you want to say, buddy? <laughs> well, I well, I said, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where with the fam- you're with family and friends usually, but no matter what, you're watching a lot of television. And I noticed a commercial for Dove Bar Soap. So, I, and, it came, and I wanted to, I wanted to ask you this. Why are we, why do people advertise bar soap? Does anybody even use bar soap anymore? I do. Yeah, I do. What? Yeah, you don't use bar soap? Todd uses some of that famous we- cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought bar soap had gone the way of the dodo bird. I haven't used bar soap in like 20 years. Well, some Maybe of longer. us some of us aren't busy caressing ourselves with our heated toilets and you know, in in the shower, getting foot steamers and putting our mane and putting putting our mane and tail in for twenty let's, minutes. Let's reel this back a second. So you just don't mind rubbing your pubic hairs on your chin and everywhere and across your body, first, and your, your butt fur all over with the same bar of soap. First of all, my friend, you start from <laughs> you start from the top, and it's soap. <laughs> yes, it's self cleaning. Yes, <laughs> yes. So- I, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but my, 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 oh God, should I even tell the story? Well, this, this is actually funny because, uh, that line was actually from friends. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Chandler's like, it was arguing with Joey and he's like, why don't, why don't you have your own bar of soap? And he's like, he's like, who, who cares? What's the difference? He's like, it's a bar of soap. We both use soap. And he's like, so you don't care? You don't want your own bar of soap in the shower? He's like, no. He's like, well, you're not concerned that we're both using the same bar of soap? He's like, it's soap. It's self-cleaning. And he's like, okay, well, next time you go to take a shower, just think about the last place that I wash and the first place that you wash. Exactly. <laughs> and Chandler, Chandler's like, yeah. He made this face. like. My, my uncle used to have, uh, my uncle got divorced like when I was young. And he used to have, two washcloths in his bathroom, even though it was just him. And we have two bars of soap. And the, the one reason was... One for the face and one for everything else. That's right. He had, he, had a, he had a washcloth and he had an ass cloth. And he had a bar of soap for his an face ass and a bar cloth. of soap for his ass. Absolutely. I'm hoping the ass cloth was a darker colored cloth. <laughs> I, I feel like they were some sort of a burgundy color that That's matched okay. the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you're for having a-hole a- problems. Uh, you probably want a burgundy cloth. Probably anything dark. Yeah, I can't, I still can't believe that you guys use bar soap and so many other people do too. White I, white people are disgusting. I know Todd. I get it. Okay, <laughs> we're nasty. <laughs> we're sick. I just, 
I mean, <coughs> smell like wet I'd, dogs. I get it. Yep. I only. It seems strange to me. I have a. I have a bar. Prime time. I have a bar. I have a bar of soap in the shower that I only use to wash my hands once I get in the shower. What? Well, yeah. I mean, whatever I was doing before I got in the shower, before I I will wash my hands. I think we all know what you were doing now. If you, once I was uh, deboning a a chicken, strategically Uh, at one. Who goes from deboning a chicken (laughs) right in the shower, right to the shower, choking a chicken? This guy uses your elbows to turn the water on, and then you get on. Hold on. Take, I like to know my hands take, are clean before take, I start running through my hair. Take your socks, shirt, and underwear off with your teeth, and then get in the shower with your, you know, chicken salmonella hands, and then you're like, finally, <laughs> finally, my hand it. soap. Yeah. Past yeah, that's, three sinks. That's on literally the, way. the only the, everywhere else. It's it's uh, liquid soap. It's hand soap. So 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 okay. So maybe I get this wrong, but there's and there's competition in this bar soap business, like. So much so that you need to pay for advertising during prime time. I mean, like I said, I was shocked, A, that people still use bar soap. But then the fact that it's actually, people are using it, but that's a competitive market. Like, isn't there like Dial and Irish Spring and Ivory? All of those companies also make liquid soap. They also make body wash. They also make shampoo. They just also happen to still make. Bar soap. Yeah, Todd. And the reason that they're having to put commercials on TV is because of people like you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go back? I'm going to regress? Uh, or when you go to hotel rooms, Todd, <laughs> don't you... go back to the bar. When you go I to like ho- to look at the hairs in the soap. When you go to a hotel room and you go in your bathroom, isn't it bar soap that's there? No. No? It's not? What is no. it? They give them mini, stay, mini hand pumps. What's that? What are you trying to say? I'm saying most most regular hotels, maybe not the helicopter, the, the cater to the helicopter pilots. Uh, Marriotts carry don't have bar soap. soap. I mean, they they they, they have that little decorative bar yes, soap for at the sink it. for they the have, hands. They yes. have face but soap and they have facial soap in, in bar, a bar in bar form, and they have shower bar soap. They don't give you like a little tub of body wash. They I give have not seen they it. give you now, lotion. The they room, might have like the, a thing on the wall. No, they don't. No, I have stayed in those with a thing on the wall. No, where are you staying? Um, but probably not your standard Marriott, but, um, I know the Townsend had it. Uh, there've been a couple other hotels I've seen and had it just a thing in the, in the showers. So you're getting like the, um, of, Gordon's food services, hand soap and the dispenser and the body wash. Yeah. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's not high end. Well, I guess I'll, I stand corrected, but this bar soap thing is freaking big business. I gotta look at getting some bar I, soap. But I think, stuff. I think the, your, the answer to your question is that they have, uh, wisely, decided to diversify into other uh, more popular brand uh, types of soap. And Todd, which of your uh, body hairs are you worried about going into the soap? I mean, you're like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless there's something going on uh, we'll, underneath we'll all those it, clothes we'll that we don't know off, about. We'll, we'll take it offline. I got, <laughs> I got, I got a secret. Unless, He's like Lon Chaney under there. Unless I'm not got, seeing the afro anywhere. I got, a, I got, a, I got a secret. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, remember the whole lifts and cut story? He doesn't do that anymore for obvious reasons. Exactly. So it's probably like a big fro down there. Just unzip and. <laughs> <laughs> we lost our. What was? Remember, we lost our sponsor. That was all about. <laughs> <laughs> Did we really have a sponsor though? I think we. Who was, were, who was that smooth? We were trying balls? to. We were trying to. Balls, yeah. yeah, we were trying to woo a sponsor into sponsoring <laughs> us and. There was too much hooting and hollering during the the uh, promo read, so yeah. I, I, I was like, I can't do. They this. dumped us. I'm not sure they ever. You can't dump somebody that you a lot, of, a lot of cat calling, screaming, whistling, <laughs> hissing. Yeah. 
I feel like that was directed toward me. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, you and Corey. All right, let's. Uh, Todd, was that was that uh, you had something else you wanted to talk about, or was that that, that was that was, that was what I, that was the question that was the query that I had. Okay, I'm surprised that's not. A, I'm surprised it wasn't a grievance. It was. It seemed. It's you. It wasn't very a grievance. I just, no, no. I was just. I was cu- curious. Like I said, I haven't used bar soap in a shower in in twenty plus years. So I, it was. So I'm like to see bar soap being advertised. I'm like a. Does anyone use it? And B, is it such a competitive market that you pay you'd pay for prime time advertising of bar soap? It just seemed odd to me. You know, I I think that uh, I think they're counting on the the hotel market and markets like that to keep selling in bulk the bar soap that they have. But that's the th- there even that's the thing. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> I named the the bar soaps I know are like Ivory Dial, Irish Spring, and Dove. But the hotels, when you even those, those aren't usually any of those brands. They're all boutique brands if they have if they have them. I mean, they might be made by the big <laughs> big guys, but it all the, the name is never any of those. At least not at the hotels I stay at. <laughs> I think if you started it at your own podcast, Todd, uh, much in the true crime genre, but you made it about like true soap and did a real, <laughs> real deep dive on the inner workings uh, of the soap, the soap industry. Business. Yeah. Yes. I think, that, I think that'd be a it'd be a big big hit. I'm gonna go on. Yeah, it just was bugging me, and I thought that you guys could, could solve this for me, but it turns out it turns out you have. <laughs> All right, let's do the booze news. And now it's time for booze news. Uh, before I go into this, looks like Nick's got a shot. Todd, you got one? I do. All right, what are you drinking? Uh, for my my shot, I'm drinking. I'm not, and I'm really taking a drink. I have a little Redbreast Lestau. The uh, Irish whiskey finished in sherry casks. Well, don't I feel embarrassed that we both have the same thing? <laughs> nice. What are the odds? <laughs> and by the way, Todd, you could do a lot worse than the Johnson Lever Company. So there you go. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Were you trying to like? Now hold on, we might get sponsored by a soap company. Let's not shit all over <laughs> all of the soap companies. There is one good one. Um, Please sponsor us. What kind of beer, Todd? And my oh my beer I'm drinking a little of uh, uh, Fort George Brewing, uh, magnetic fields hazy IPA. Man, you are bougie tonight. Oh, bougie! It's the, hol- it's the holidays. That's I'm thankful. Tr- that's true. So tonight I'm doing um, the blue light as usual, and I got a little. Um, Lori got me started on this kick of uh, Deep Eddy lemon vodka. So. All right, uh, celebrate your holiday again with us and do a shot. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. All right, uh, so for some boozers tonight, uh, you fellas have heard me talk in the past about uh, once I pass wanting to be uh, frozen and shot into deep space to conquer alien technologies and worlds. Wow. Um, But I did not know that there was a, well, I knew that there was something because, you know, Ted Williams had famously had his head frozen. Uh, presumably so that he could stave off, you know, <laughs> the ravages of time and wait until a technology existed far into the future that could reanimate his severed head. Now, is this your second installment of Brain Freezes with Bob? 
No. I uh, feel like last week was cryogenically uh, geared. No, I, I saved this one for today because uh, I think I asked you. Oh, okay. That's what, what it was. Did you have a question that was somehow tangentially related? Yeah. And the answer was, <laughs> I don't think so. And I'm like, I might as well hold this for now. I time, mean, so. y- yeah. I mean, you don't want to really just, you know, spread Can't just go the whole podcast with, you know, yeah. it's like this giant cryogenic theme. No, it's not like I talk about cryogenics every week. That's true. This is the first time I heard about you being shot in the space, though. Oh, no, I, I definitely have talked about that. Okay. But along those same lines, uh, so this this company is the one that does it. There, it's, a, it's a place called the Alcor Life Extension Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your guys' thoughts about this because I have a few. But it is a, it doesn't seem, nothing about it seems to make a lot of sense uh, except for the fact that you, you know, in the same way that people subscribe to this religion or that religion because they don't want, they, they can't live with the idea that when you die that there's just nothing. You know, they mm-hmm. want they want something, they want to know that there's something waiting for them on the other side if they believe in another side. And so this is, kind of falls into that category of, okay, I'm going to die, but in the event that there <coughs> there is nothing, I want you to be able to, I, I, I'm willing to stick my money into a service that will pull me back uh 400 years from now. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the Alcor Life Extension Foundation is crazily enough in Arizona. I'm familiar with Alcor. Um, they they have uh, cylindrical tanks that are filled with liquid nitrogen that are that hold the heads and bodies of 199 human patients with quotes uh, plus about 100 preserved pets. So people are actually preserving their animals here. Family dog, family cat, whatever it is. So some of them have had terminal diseases um, that don't have a cure today, like cancer or ALS, uh, and others just want to, you know, want to hold on to people for as long as they can, even if you know it looks like death is imminent. So, um, but it, for anybody who does this, uh, as soon, it, it happens like as soon as you're declared dead. Um, so right at the time of your death, your organs are still viable. So they swoop in. Um, they move the organs uh, or let's say your entire body or your severed head in the case of Ted Williams to an ice bath that replaces their blood with an organ preserving solution. And then once they get to the facility in Arizona, then they, they put chemicals they call cryoprotectants that prevent the formation of ice crystals that may damage the organs into the patient's bloodstream. They cool the body to minus 320 degrees Fahrenheit and they store it in a tank filled with liquid nitrogen. But the catch is that they can't bring you back. This is all, this is all uh, theory. No, this is a waiting room. Yeah, they 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 have confidence that revival may be possible. It's literally on their website. I mean, I I do not doubt that in the future they will be able to. I don't doubt that. <clears throat> but would you? I mean, at that point. So I guess let me let me get through a couple more things there, and then we'll, and then we'll bring this to a close. And I want to hear your thoughts. Um, the first person that was cryo preserved here was in. In 1976, uh, however, they they have they have a young patient there that's it was a Thai girl with brain cancer, uh, cryopreserved in 2015. Both her parents were doctors. She had multiple brain surgeries and nothing worked, so they contacted this facility. Um, Ted Williams is there. He died in 2002 from heart disease complications. And who is he? He's a baseball, baseball player. Yeah. Um, for an entire body, it's going to cost you at least 200 grand. And if you just wanted to preserve your brain, 
so that they could take your, you know, consciousness and somehow reanimate it or download it into a computer or whatever they could do in the year 2436. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's around 80 grand. But all of this is, is with no evidence that any of it actually works. Right. Yeah. They're pretty uh, transparent about that. But people are still still doing it. Um, it's craziness. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I think because the idea is, um, yeah, that this is uh, you're on the back burner um, mm-hmm. until the technology catches up, which makes. Per- I mean, there's going to be a time. I mean, to to say that uh, cryogenics like this is never going to work and we're never going to discover this would be completely ignorant. I mean, there are so many. Technical, technological advancements that we've had. Uh, there is no way. I mean, just look at, you know, some of the diseases that people died from back in the day that now you just get a shot for. You know, there. Yeah, but you don't, we, we can't go back and inject the people that died of polio with polio vaccine and bring them back to life. No, I know that. Right. I know that. But <laughs> so they're, they're, this is kind of foolishness. But there's. I mean, ultimately, if you if you cut your head off, your brain activity stops, and if you freeze yourself, your brain activity stops. You're dead. You're not bringing that. I mean, ultimately, could you make the body actually do more things by sending electric pulses through? Absolutely, you can make the body. It's the whole. That's the whole experiment with the the fact that the uh, the frog that jumped out of the water uh, but stayed in the water if you boiled it slowly. That's all based on the fact that they mo- removed the brain of the frog. Right. Do you, do you know? Just drop a little more sign. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never heard this. Before. If you, 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 you know, if you dro- f- they say if you drop a frog in hot water, it'll jump right out. But if you put them in in cold water, turn the pot on. He'll stay in the pot and die because he's just used to it just getting gradually warmer. Is like acclimating okay. to it almost, but no, but it's I not. Mean, tr- but it was. But it's not true based on the experiment. The experiment doesn't share that they took the frog's brain out because otherwise it would jump out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about taking the brain out, but um, but yeah, the, I I don't know how you look at this and say that it's not a possibility in the future. I mean, it's that, not. How? Why? How can you say that? So, because still, anybody's if they freeze you today, do you have a USB connector to your brain? So you're not gonna yet. Take... <laughs> I don't. I don't know where you're going, but I'm interested. So yeah, I'm just saying. There's. Let's not let science fiction on television fool us into believing that we can get places where we can't. Once your consciousness ends, so brain electrical activity in the brain is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're dead. And if you and just introducing electric current doesn't just make you come back <laughs> but one day they may be able to do it through some other means yeah, it's just technology we don't that's have right now. that's that's it's all not te- that's not technology. but could, science could fiction you- is generally where society looks for ideas of things that are possible yeah so many like of the things that we have today were, were sub- <laughs> science fiction subjects you know 90 years ago so there's ago. here's a here's a couple things no, no I, do, I don't disagree and, and again if you're talking about technology and robotics but i'm talking about the the essence of life it can mm-hmm. it, it that is a thing that i i guess that's the the religious in me I, I don't without any denomination in mind there is when you're dead really dead and there are people who have the experiences where their body everything is stopped and they can't seem to trace electrical current in their brain but then a half an hour later they wake up yeah, I get I get that there are outliers to that, and I, and I can't explain it. But I, the fact that a human being would be able to get to a point where you could reanimate people, especially again, 
Roger, you've only got his head, so now you're going to Frankenstein him on another body, or, you, or yes. without the rest of his body, he's going to be able to yes. go. Oh yeah, when I when I was batting in 1926, blah blah blah. I want nah. to know. I want to know that Aaron Judge, when he God forbid one day <laughs> passes away, that they cut his head off, throw it in the trash, and they freeze his body at the Alcor facility, and then one day, even further along than that, they connect Ted Williams' head to his body, and they reanimate him, and they put him in a baseball game. That's what Great I want to see. So Great movie. So I actually just read something today. Um, yep. That, and, and I'm with you, Todd, because it's it's almost like the nature versus nurture argument. You're looking at it from a religious standpoint where the soul leaves the body and you're, you're dead, and I get that. And I'm the same way because, but I'm also very scientifically minded, and I do believe that science will catch up to this one day and yeah they will be able to do that um i mean just look at like i said i i, I was reading today uh there is a girl in india uh that was in a bus crash uh like a 13 year old girl and lost both of her arms and she had a donor uh donate two male arms who was much darker than her and had these giant like man arms and they <laughs> They attached. They attached them. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. I'm not saying that that's not. That we're not making those advancements. But again, like I said, I think. Why did you come with whatever that story? the point of ultimately death is? I think that's the thing that you can't come back from. So I think that you're right. They'll be able to to revive a body that's got all its intact parts and make and potentially make the heart beat and trick the brain into doing that. But it won't. I don't think that it'll be the thing that it was. I think. I'll be curious to see how that all works out. So then they the, reattach the arms and, uh, and <laughs> they and, work and they, her skin complexion in the, the arms ended up matching her skin complexion. Oh, wow. Sure. After, after some time and they got skinnier and they got smaller to match like her body type and they're working just fine. Now, if you would have told a man in 1910, yeah, we're just gonna, we lop someone's arms off. We put a man's arms on a woman and you, you this would be the Todd of 1910 would be like, you are fucking nuts. There's yeah. that doesn't that you can't do that. You're not, uh, you know, you're not a puzzle. You can't just put these pieces wherever you want. That is moral insanity. Sir. Um, but I, then also, uh, telling someone, uh, Hey, guess what? Uh, all the electrical signals stopped in this person. Yeah. The brain stopped, the heart stopped, everything stopped. And, 10 minutes later, we use this little device that shoots electricity through their body, and now they're back and living a great life, and everything's fine. They don't remember any of it. Uh, would anyone in, in the 1800s believe you if you told them that? No, they'd say, when you're dead, you're dead. So right. to say that there's never going to be this technology. Now, I don't know how it's going to play with the religious aspect of it because people like myself and Todd and I'm sure Bob like believe that, and I don't know, but that the soul leaves the body. So what are you going to be left with? You, you've now reanimated this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, now what? You know, or the how about the woman that, or many women like her, um, on the, the show that I assigned to several people, uh, Life After Death, which uh, she was underwater for 45 minutes, dead. Yeah. Dead. Underwater right. for in the middle of the jungle in Chile. Right. And can tell yep. you everything that the doctors yeah, and nurses yeah, were saying. Yeah, I'm operating. with you. Like I said, those are, I, I, I actually watched the head. I was assigned that and I was, I was amazed by that. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. There are the, there are those outliers. Shit. People jump out of planes and bounce off the earth and live there. Again, the, the human body is amazing, but uh, yeah, I think 
Yeah, there, I think that there's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they at this point in time, they they are actually they're already doing it, like already studying yeah. it, but they can grow babies outside of a womb, and you know it's like Matrix style. Like what the fuck? Like to say like just because I can't wrap my brain around it uh, as John Q. Public right now that it's right. not going to happen in the future of science. Come on. Of course it's going to happen. Is it going to be ethical? No. Is it going to be uh is it going to be the same person? I don't know, but to say it's it's not going to happen, I mean, Jesus, yeah. like, you know, ethics have has never stopped science. 50 years ago, I mean, who would ever believe that you know, things that aren't even that never even existed, 60 to 70 different items you can now hold in your pocket on this magical glowing device that doesn't have any fire in it or anything. And and you can see other people on it. I mean, like, I still no don't one, have a phaser. No one would, so. no one would believe you. I mean, so so I absolutely think it's it can happen. And there's um, not a teleporter yet. I have no. They've actually successfully teleported like things. Uh, living, I think like a rat or At something. Disney, like, like no, Shit. like 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 a couple meters <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, they're still working on that. But anyhow, to to touch on the Elcor thing. Oh, yeah. No. I had a science teacher. <laughs> That is one of those people that has paid that money uh, to do that. And oh, okay. my brother, because uh, there's a way that you can, like, sign over your life insurance policy to cover it or something like that. And to cover the preservation? Yeah. And Greg was one of the people that said, I don't care. You know, I have a million-dollar policy, and I'm going to have just my head frozen. Uh, and Your brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, trust me, with the... The ribbing went on for years and years and years. But the thing that I told him was this. I don't not trust the science because the science will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, these poor souls are probably going to be the ones that are uh, experimented on first because they've signed over their entire fucking being. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, you ever watched um, like Animaniacs? Uh, like when you were younger or anything like that. And there's like pinky in the brain. Like if you haven't just imagine you, you've signed away like your body. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for someone like me, that does not doubt that eventually they probably will have the technology and the science to do this. So now you're doing just your head. Yep. You don't think that like 170 years from now, that all of a sudden you're going to open up your fucking eyes and be in some jar being tested on, you know, because you're basically just like property now. Like you've signed away rights, so it's not yeah. like you have any say in this. So if you were to wake up and these scientists were fucking do, I mean, could you even imagine? That's, that sounds like a horror story. Like why would you ever do I don't care what science is going to bring. No, you're not going to, you don't have the right to attempt things on me. Like, so so rather than being dead forever you would you wouldn't want to come back just for a little bit to be a head in a jar to be <laughs> to be just for a little bit to to have like to, to have fa- excruciating phantom body pains and being exactly poked where my and, foot itches poked my and, foot itches poked and prodded with with technology that we don't even know about and and fucking juices injected into your head and I mean all. The, could juices? you have, could you? I mean, could you only imagine what they would probably have to do? Yeah, and you're you were imagining the worst case. What if it was just a series of like uh, earth beep, feelings boop, of boop, earthly beep, boop, pleasures? Boop, yeah, <laughs> like it was the best exactly. feeling ever. Exactly. 
I mean, you're. Or how about this? How about if it works like this? How yeah. about if if you've you've left this this fucking world as we know it, shuffled off this mortal coil, and you've re- you've realized the meaning of life, and you're with all your family and friends now for all of eternity and, and eternal yeah. happiness, right. and all of a sudden you're ripped back into the existence of this fucking thing and a head in a jar, and now you're like, <laughs> what if the soul? You know, like they say, they would. Always well, I was going to say that that that, that does presume then that souls can leave and then return. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like in in um how how they say that like uh you know like in that life after death how she was saying I was floating above my body I was watching them do CPR on me in the middle yeah. of the jungle and then all of a sudden it was a pulling feeling and I came back. You know, so could you imagine like going through all that and then yeah. being like, well, it's time to go back. Like you know, we used yeah. to say in law enforcement, like yeah, with with uh, like. Uh, PPCT, like the head, where the head goes, the body goes, you know, and if right. you have control over the head, the body will follow. So, I mean, what if it's the same thing, you know, fuck that. No, I'm gone. I'm gone. Or you could be the first person who was a head in a jar. No, I don't want to be a head in a jar. <laughs> but you'd be a trailblazer. Yeah, get me out of the a jar. Pioneer. But get me out of the jar and put me in a naked lady wrestling's league. <laughs> <laughs> your body's you got a woman's body you, just my no just my head just goes pat they'll just pass me around i mean well, you're like a soccer ball just just think <laughs> yeah, about exactly. something something is something as simple as like that's been going on for as long as anyone can remember is people slipping into comas that is that happens today and there are stories and, docu- and those people get diddled the whole time they're in a coma doc documentaries that's true. documentaries that true. of people completely aware of everything going on around them, but unable to communicate during a coma. Like if that, I'm ever in a coma, make sure I have a 24 hour guard that, tr- that we trust. I don't want to get diddled. No, that guard's going to be the one doing the diddling. There was, there was, <laughs> that's uh, how that always goes. There was some kid that was in a coma. For, I got it. No problem. There was some guy that was in a coma for like 20 some years. And he distinctly said that he saw, you know, remembered every conversation and saw his mom crying by his bedside saying, we just need to pull the plug. We don't, he doesn't need to be alive anymore. And he vocalized this after he woke up and said it was the most excruciating internalized pain that he's ever had, hearing all this and not being able to do anything. So I envision, what if it's that kind of situation? What if they can bring you to a level of consciousness, but they can't allow you to talk, they can't allow you to do anything, Yeah. and you're, you're, in, you're, this, a prisoner. you're in this state of like maybe forever feeling like you're drowning because yeah. you're in some kind of liquid and you can't tell people, you know, fuck but all you know that. What, Nick, nope. Nope. In order to uh, make an omelet, sometimes you got to break a few eggs. Got to yeah. break some well, eggs. I, I am not volunteering. Sometimes you got to be an egg so that the rest of us can be the omelet. Go yes. ahead. Good, good luck, Greg. Hey, well, Bob. Yeah. So amending my statement, if I ever go into a coma, <laughs> please make sure I, that I have a guard. And she's a very small lady she. with short fingers and no fingernails. <laughs> Todd, Todd actually, <laughs> Todd, Mary, gun, Mary Dylan, I just like to, just like to reassure you that I am on the job. I have trimmed my nails, and I your hus- your husband looks revolting to me. I don't want to touch him or be anywhere near him. I will make sure that no one else does. There's actually um, there was the head and the body. For for Elcor that you could freeze, and I think what the body was what two hundred grand, and the brain was um, seventy grand, grand, seventy or eighty. There's actually a third option, just the dick, just just the the tip, just the wiener, just the wiener. It's a smaller package. Yeah, boy. (laughs) 
Probably fifty k. Was, was that your payoff? <laughs> That's a lot of work to get to this. It's a payoff. smaller package, but yeah. doesn't cost as much. I was gonna say if if anyone, I could see Todd being like, I don't believe in any of it, but I will preserve my wiener. My wiener, exactly. <laughs> what kind of shrink could you I think get? It's good for two, two go rounds at negative <laughs> negative three hundred and eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, what what kind of shrink could you? Oh get? my goodness. They're gonna they're just they got this thimble with a little cap on it, and that's that's where exactly. they store it. I'm a I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> like spinach, like spinach into hot butter. <laughs> uh, Todd, this seems like a good spot to uh, dish it over to you for for a few grievances. And now we come to the airing of grievances. And another thing, buddy, that is your cue to it is my cue. hit us with uh, all of those things that are bugging you, bothering you, and vexing you. Yes, sir. So today's grievance, and I'm not going to the road. I'm not going to travel, although I am traveling tomorrow. But here's the thing. Can you motherfuckers, when I'm at a show or a concert, and you're sitting in the middle seats, and you know I got to get to my seats on the other side of you, rather than just turning your legs like two fucking inches, can you please stand the fuck up and get out of the way so we can get through? Come on, man. Get out of the way. And on the other side of that, if you're inside of me, I'm whoa, good with you what? going to the back. Whoa, whoa, oh, hold whoa, on. whoa. Inside of you. Are if we still inside, on the plane? If you're, if you're, no, no. We're at a concert or a show. Oh, okay. So Just, first off, I don't like it when I'm trying to get to my seat and people don't get out of the way. And then the second thing is when I'm closer to the aisle on either side and you're inside of me and trying to get back to the aisle. Stop, stop, saying, okay it, stop saying that. Stop saying inside of me. <laughs> if you're in, seated, seated <laughs> inside of my seat. <laughs> Little baby. I can feel you inside of me. Go to the. Don't drink eighty-seven beers if you're gonna have to get up and pee ninety-seven times, motherfucker. I let you in once, and once to, once to begin the day. Inside of you. Once. Then at the then at the intermission, and maybe one more time. Not yeah. fifteen times. Oh. You can't be leaving oh, six and seven times. times. You got to be raw after that. Yep. So just please. come just in, little, in little and out over and over in and out over and over. It's uh that that's how. So how many times were they inside of you? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so He's are like, we. Jesus, I was watching football all day and I stopped that for this bullshit. <laughs> I know. I know. Because it's a legitimate grievance when people get up 27 times during a show. Instead of just going. They can't hold their booze. <laughs> instead of just going right inside of you. <laughs> An excellent instead point. Of standing in their fucking seat. <laughs> An excellent point, Todd Dillon. Couldn't have said it more eloquently myself. All right, well, so this is actually going to help you then, Todd, because uh, when we move into sports, Nick has to be quiet for 90 yeah. seconds. I certainly can't yes. be inside you for that. <laughs> you see him heading in that direction. The 20. He's going for 40. And it's 90 seconds sport. All right. We, we, we got to go with the hourglass. Right? Yeah, Mr. Todd Dillon. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, boy. Sir, uh, your 90-second sports starts now. All right, listen, people. Normally, I waste a lot of time, and it would have been a layup today to talk about how the University of Michigan Wolverines beat the shit out of the Ohio State Suckeyes 45-23. But I'm not talking about that. That was a good team beating another team uh, on its way to a, a, a historic season. So congratulations to U of M. That is not my topic. I'm actually going to use what I – had almost positioned as a booze news article, but here's my 90 second sports story of the day. 
And this is from a year ago because I couldn't find the other story I was looking for. But anyway, 20-year-old UK lad breaks world record for solving 6,931 Rubik's Cubes in 24 hours. Gregory Scholey solved 6,931 Rubik's Cubes from 8 a.m. on November 9th uh, from 8 a.m. on November 9th to November 10th, uh, 9 a.m. November 10th. Rubik's Cubes considers this one of the toughest combination puzzles in the world. It takes people hours to solve this. However, George Schooley, 20, broke the record. How much freaking practicing with a Rubik's Cube? What are, you, what are you doing with the rest of your life to solve a Rubik's Cube almost 7,000 times in 24 hours? And who even thinks to do that? And why and is this that's a, 90 second sports? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, wait, wait, wait. It's what? done. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. It was just getting good. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, the hymns and haws uh, took up a lot more time than you would have thought. Damn it. <laughs> hail to the victors. Hail, hail. Um, I want to hear. I, hey, Bob. Yeah, Bob. go ahead. But, and I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Nick. Uh, there's been a theme, right? These Guinness Book records. I, I think that it's about time we set a Guinness record for the the most times the word, let's say, spatchcock is used during a podcast. I think that we need to set up the live show and see how many times we say spatchcock because it feels like there's a world record for fucking every stupid thing in the world. And I think it's far too long that our names haven't graced those page, pages. So let's think about something. All like right, that. Yeah, make it happen. Do you have a recent copy of the Guinness Book? I'm going to get one because we'll be in the book, damn it. Yeah, I'm sure that people r- regularly uh, and, and widely look at that book to try to find an area that contains some shit that they're willing to try that hasn't been done before. And, they, and they'll consider oh, everybody. You know what? We can see how many things we can stick in Nick's butt. When you say we, um, <laughs> do you mean you and Mary? For the podcast listeners <laughs> that are part of the basic and executive and Diamond Alliance version of the show, this content was not spoken about before the show. This is all coming to you right off the cusp. Coming. Todd Dillon, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Yes, sir. He's inside. Now don't Thank drag you. me into this because your <laughs> story about ass sex for ten minutes. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get in the Guinness Book, baby. Hey, uh, by any means necessary. I know you got a lot on your plate for like uh, uh, theme music and stuff like that for the show that we still don't have. But if you're doing something, I think I think I remember you saying that you were going to help like put together something better for grievances. Yes, and if you do. Can you use the phrase uh, I'm coming inside you in in that theme song? <sighs> Let me put my grievances inside you. <laughs> my big chocolate salty balls. <laughs> All right. Come on, Todd. Make it happen. I'm coming inside you. Inside you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, yes. Nick, Goats taken. Todd's like, okay, that so will be, what current song uh, do we have right now that I can yell this over? <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. I don't know where he got the other one, so it's, that's hard to say. <laughs> it's going to be, I don't and know. now for the airing of grievances, and another, I'm coming wow. inside, inside of you. you. No, no, you know, I'm, hey, I'm, fl- I'm flying out tomorrow morning, me and Kid Cuddy on the same plane again, so I'll talk to him, see if he can give me some ideas on there that. There you Sweet. go. Sweet. How you're thinking. 
We can't get we can't get uh, <laughs> was it smooth my balls smooth my balls dot com to sponsors, but somehow we're gonna get Kid Cuddy to help. I don't put even know who that drops. is. Well, no, no, no. I don't think he's gonna put his name to it, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll consult him. Okay, make it happen. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it, awkward when I ask him about coming inside him. Well, maybe at first, but eventually <laughs> he'll get used. He'll, to he'll it. come around. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Nick texted me. Uh, this is this is more for Todd, um, uh, but but probably also for the listeners as well. Nick texted me, or we were talking earlier in the week, and uh, just kind of running down through the schedule for the week, and you know what we're going to do, um, you know, which we tr- are trying to do more and more each week, um, in in a way to kind of do some prep <laughs> for these shows. And uh, he mentioned to me that he had gotten a. Uh, a mystery text or like a random out of the blue text from, from Corey. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we haven't addressed the elephant in the room, which is, uh, why we Where's are, TT? why we are one short, why we are one short. Where's tonight. TT? So where's TT? TT. <laughs> there he is. TT is out, uh, highfalutin with, uh, with the finest of people. At some sort of party out in the boondocks in uh, yeah Western Michigan so, somewhere I don't know I we shut we shut <laughs> yeah. down when he said I, where I'm not going to be there so I was yeah. Like, yeah okay so, so um, let's go back so let's go back yeah to the text you got a few days ago so a few days ago um, I had to uh, a day that w- I was not supposed to work because um, of the holidays and uh, I found myself at work at the last minute. Um, Called in by my boss, so I was sitting there. We uh, there was not a lot of work to be done, but we uh, were able to get what needed to be done done. And it was kind of just, um, uh, just kind of a monitoring mode, um, just to make sure you know everything was uh, copacetic. And um, I got a rogue text from Corey Seleski. That text read, "Ah." Uh, are you supposed to shake a fiddle fig? What? Can you repeat that? Are you supposed to shake a fiddle fig? Are you supposed to shake a fiddle fig? What is that? Exactly. So this is Corey. There's there's no there's there's nothing telling you anything going on before this. Just are you supposed to shake a fiddle fig? We all know uh, how mature Corey is, and I can only imagine he's setting me up, planting the seeds for some hilarious joke in his mind. Um, so I start thinking about it, and a fiddle fig is a type of fig tree, and there are things to be said about if you don't keep a fan on certain indoor plants, if you have them indoors for quite some time, um, it does not strengthen the tree. So the natural wind outside, there's so many elements that go into helping a plant grow. Mm -hmm. That's why you get these very spindly tomato plants if you try and grow them by seed inside. You know, they're very thin and they they fall or snap very easily. It's because you need to have the wind and, and the lightning and the water and the nutrients and everything goes into making the plant what it is. I know this because my dad's a master gardener. It's not just my knowledge of it. Um, But typically people have fans and things like that on plants because it helps to strengthen it, especially something like a fig tree. 
because it's going to have to bear fruit and support the weight of that fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't sure what the fuck he was talking about because he doesn't have a fig tree. And it's Corey. And it's Corey. Yeah. So I would assume it would be some sort of joke like, Oh, that, oh, that fiddle fake. Oh, you said it. Yes. And, and it was going to be something stupid and it was going to be some dumbass answer. So I didn't even want to give it any credit or merit. But I thought, oh, okay. So I said, uh, I said, well, you can gently on a daily basis to, to simulate wind. But normally people keep like a fan on it. I said, wind typically helps strengthen the plant. So when it gets fruit, it won't break under its own weight. Ah, I just discovered one of my coworkers had his affinity for plants. I told her, watch this. <laughs> so apparently not much was going on over at um, Acme fucking products where exactly. Corey works. Exactly. And, the Roadrunner took a day off. Yeah. And, 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 and apparently he was like, oh, plants. I have a friend that likes plants. And she was probably like, ask him this. Ask him if he knows about fiddle figs. Yeah. And uh, so then he went on to tell me like, I just got done describing that popcorn plant you have to her. Like, I think that's like the only thing he knows. He's like, oh, plants? One smells like food. <laughs> and like, that's the only thing Corey knows. So that's what he described. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool, man. That's, that's cool. And that's where the conversation ended. All right. Yep. Nice. I don't, uh, I, I don't pretend to know what Corey does at work. I think I've asked him a couple of times uh, about when he, when he, think he first started the roadrunner. Um, Corey's not catching anything. There's, there's, no, <laughs> there's, there's not enough speed there. Bob, got enough. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it runs by here. I stuck the Wiley Roadrunner. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! Too late. <clears throat> All right, um, let's uh, let's jump over here, gentlemen, into gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's. Love that. Love that. I didn't like you fading in and out, but I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I feel stupid just sitting here just listening and waiting. Don't you Uh, see me doing this TV wonder on my end? uh, I do not. No, I'm used to seeing you on the TV, but we're not using it tonight. We're just using the iPad. You're missing the hell of TD tonight. Uh, I'm looking good today. Like all of our our audience, I'm going to have to go out to YouTube and watch it. Yeah, I'm bringing my A game. All right. Todd, real quick shot. Yes, sir. All right, while while you're pouring, I'll start with Nick and you already poured Bitch. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Bitch. Cheers. <laughs> Salute. Salanja. All right. Mm. All right. Uh, that is really, 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 really very good. Mm, it's delicious. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's let's AMSR away. God bless America. Lemony. Nick, you had to watch Pepsi, where's my jet? Oh, Bob, it was so sensual. Tell yeah. me more. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch uh, Pepsi Where's My Jet from Corey, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. It was a documentary. <laughs> um, I will say this. It's fantastic. It's, um, And I think the thing that makes it so fantastic is the way it's shot. Uh, for people that don't know, it's a documentary about um, the old Pepsi commercial. 
that I'm sure you remember if you were alive in the 90s where Pepsi created a program of Pepsi points. They were the first one. They were constantly in the cola wars with with Coca-Cola. And basically the only thing Coca-Cola did was like they had a polar bear. And and Pepsi had um, fucking Cindy Crawford and Michael Jackson and Michael J. Fox and everyone you could possibly think of. Um, and it was just their thing. Like it was a young hip company and that, that, that was their thing. And the thing that they created that Coke ended up getting on board with, with their own thing was Pepsi points Mm -hmm. that Coke ended up doing, which I ended up getting a black leather jacket from my Pepsi points. You did? I did. Yeah. Holy shit. Was it an actual nice leather jacket? Uh, Yeah, it was. It said Pepsi in the back. And it had a, um, Pepsi logo on the inside of the jacket. On the inside, not the outside. And I think on the arm, there was a, um, like a subdued brand of just their logo, the Pepsi logo. Okay. You couldn't see unless you looked close, you know. Okay. But it was a really nice jacket. It was a black leather jacket. So that was back when the suede and black leather jackets were a big thing, you know. They'll come back one day. Yeah. Do you still have that jacket? Oh, God, I don't think so. Oh. After, hopefully you'll have, hopefully you'd have more than your nugget when he comes back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, hopefully you'll have more than your nugget when when that comes back. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Flashing back to cryopreservation. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, the jacket keeps falling off my head with no fucking body. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I don't know. We've if, attached these monkey arms to them. I don't know. Pretty sure they'll convert. <laughs> I don't know if you misunderstood, Todd, but I am not doing this. <laughs> this is my brother. So, hopefully the Pepsi jacket still fits him. <laughs> um, maybe some sort of a Pepsi Pepsi sleeve will fashion into his head. I want to see the frozen head of Ted Williams in a Pepsi jacket right now. <laughs> exactly. So and monkey arms. In, yeah, <laughs> in the Pepsi commercial, in the Pepsi commercial, it was some young kid like walking through high school, and they had like the old school typewriter, like military sounding typewriter, like, and at the bottom of the screen, it would say. Uh, and he's walking, and it's like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. It was very like militaristic, you know. And it would say like Pepsi hat, and it would say like three hundred points. Yeah. And he was walking, and it would say Pepsi this five thousand points. And then it was like Pepsi leather jacket, and it was right. five hundred thousand points. And then all of a sudden, like all the papers in the school started flying all over the place. And they, through the from windows, the from outside, all this wind starts coming yeah. from out. And all the kids go to the window, and they're like, oh, my God. And a Harrier, CGI Harrier jet lands yeah. outside of the school. And he walks out, and it goes, Harrier jet, 7 million Pepsi points. Right. And there was no disclaimer underneath it or anything. Right. And, now, and he says, sure beats taking the bus. And he gets yeah. in, and the thing flies, you know, away. Do you know what movie that was from? What what was from the the idea of the Harrier jet mm-hmm. for Pepsi was it was a sponsorship deal that they had with the studio that made True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. Because uh, spoiler alert, uh, at the end of True Lies, Arnold um, comes in to get to save the chopper. That's that get to the chopper. No, that is oh. Predator. Okay. Uh, but good call. You knew it was Schwarzenegger. Get and pre- down. <laughs> get to, get the, to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> so points to you for that. But no, in True Lies, he comes in at the very end to save his daughter. Combination, save his daughter and kill the terrorist in a Harrier jet. Oh, okay. And so it was a tie-in that they had with that, and that's why they did this thing. Now, before you go any further, remember, we don't want to give spoilers. Right. But I think the basic thing that anyone who 
was alive at that time would remember is the commercial. The commercial, right? And that's what I wanted to bring to light. And so, um, the the whole premise of it, if you fucking have been living under a rock, the whole premise of it is that there was one kid um, that let's we'll say he saved enough Pepsi points to get the Harrier jet, mm-hmm. and that's the whole premise of the documentary. Um, but the coolest thing about this documentary is not any of this, cause I went into it knowing this already. I knew this. Right. Um, and I knew the outcome, but oh my God, do they do a fantastic job? Nostalgically speaking, like yeah. just the things and the people they brought into this production and the way they made it made you feel yeah, like cause their soda sucks made you feel hey, they, they, <laughs> they gotta they gotta overspend on all that other uh, shit i feel they, like we lost you todd I'm, i don't it's, he's, hold he's on, actually that one hold on damn it <laughs> yeah you're cutting in and out we're gonna have to come back to todd on the streets but um <laughs> i got why is it gonna be the streets the man on the street <laughs> um so but but it was so cool like you know the 90s were was my childhood and so I'm very nostalgic about the 90s. I love it. And it was so cool. Um, Me too. Just get out of here. Shut up, man. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't about the 50s. It was about the Fuck 90s. Fuck off. <laughs> um, so, but it was so cool because it wasn't just, hey, let's tell you about what happened. Right. There's reenactments with people that look exactly like these people. And there are uh, things brought in like, actors and big name people from these Pepsi commercials like that they brought it was it was really well done and it was just cool to kind of be transported back and suspend that disbelief and go back to the 90s and see this and just the actual commercials they would show and the actual products and I feel like there was a lot of attention to detail that I picked up on because I was a huge part uh, getting that leather jacket that was not fucking easy to do. And so <laughs> right. I, I specifically remember um, the Pepsi Points catalog. And even in their reenactments, like uh, there's a scene where the kid is grabbing at a display at the store a Pepsi Points catalog. And it is verbatim exactly what I remember it looking like. They could have just, he could have just grabbed a pamphlet, you know. But yeah. they they put a lot of attention to detail. So it's really cool. It'll transport you back to the 90s. Very interesting. I suggest watching it for sure. Awesome. You know, you know. actually, so I do have one comment because I, I'm privy to a bit of information. But I wonder how much, che- che- well, and I'll tell you, let me, I'll circle back. So uh-huh. I wonder how many people cheated in the Pepsi Challenge points and, <clears throat> and like what like the most egregious cheats got. And the reason I postulate that people cheated is, I happen to know someone who won. Remember the Coke challenge where you had to spell out challenge with the, the letters under the, the top? Right, yeah. I don't think I, I know someone that. who. Okay. Coke was like very similar to the Pepsi points, but they had like words that you'd have to get or they okay. would say yeah, like yeah, a get, free you, bottle of Coke or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Correct. And one, and I think the A was the hard letter to get. Like you could get you get all manner of C's and L's and whatnot. But, you just, yeah. but if you spell challenge, you got like the $20,000 prize. Mm-hmm. And the way that that uh, Coke had tried to safeguard people cheating was, if you work for Pepsi or any of its distributors, you couldn't participate, right? Because they're like, oh, people might have breakage, people just might steal stuff. But yeah. ultimately, if you worked in the bottling plant where all the caps were pre-assembled, people were stealing the shit out of them, and then they would give them to people as far away as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I happen to know people who won, uh, and hopefully. <laughs> 
audited by the FBI. Yeah, but don't, I wonder yeah, don't say any names. Harry, I'm not, but I'm wondering if Harrier Jet guy got a bunch of uh, Pepsi points, or did he really get diabetes to, to get uh, that Harrier Jet? Oh, did nope. you drink all those Pepsis, you mean? <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah probably exactly. not. But you're, uh, you might get assigned it tonight, so you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Todd, you had million-dollar yes. baby. For, yes. For me. Yes. And I'm tor- I'm torn up because I think uh, I-, I have to give it. So I'll, so let me I'll tell you what it is. So million dollar baby Clint Eastwood uh, movie about uh, he, Clint Eastwood is a is a fictitious but famous well known boxing coach manager uh, trainer cut guy been around a lot of big time people. Uh, it's another Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman. I do like them working together. That is always a makes you feel good thing. But essentially, uh, Clint Eastwood, an old crotchety boxing trainer, uh, takes on a woman, even though he's very, very much against it. And he kind of, sh- she achieves more than any of his other boxers do, do. And then there's a, no spoilers, but th- there's a tragic ending. And I'll just leave it at that because, it's 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 pretty sad uh but uh yeah i I would definitely say people should see it uh but as i said to you before bob uh clint eastwood kind of jumped the shark (laughs) with me and in this movie there's i don't know if i'm getting more snobby because of this this segment but the big thing for me (laughs) was you know you know that you know the microsoft office uh program powerpoint i'm familiar yes and you know how you can do like slide transitions I'm familiar, yes. <laughs> and have you ever seen someone do a presentation and you're like, hey, this motherfucker is trying to gloss over the fact, fact that there's not much content or continuity to this deck by putting in every single one of the slide transitions? <laughs> oh, he's I got showing that fe- off? Or- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And so I got that <laughs> feeling in this movie because there was like, there's this one scene where it's like stinging in the doorway and then the campaign from like nut level to head level for no good reason. I'm like, what the fuck was that? I go, that kind of drew my, <laughs> I like, and I had to rewind. Like that was kind of gratuitous. I got a cool new swivel boom for my camera. And then there's like a couple other segments where he's like sitting in the, in a hospital room and they like, kind of you could where they do like the, to try to do the the time lapse like movement by moving him around the room yeah like he did that but then there was like a reverse move and there's like and like all of a sudden i started catching on to it and as the film went on oh my god he used every single transition in the powerpoint deck in this movie <laughs> uh and there and for a movie that's a feel-good tug at your heart thing there's a lot of points where I had to kind of suspend disbelief because he's this brilliant boxing teacher trainer. No spoilers. And this, er, and the, yeah, yeah. And the, there's but there's one point where his boxer's getting the shit beat out of him for forever, and he doesn't say one word to him. I'm like, so you're gonna just wait until and hope he doesn't get knocked out before you actually give him the coaching. You're gonna give him on the when they when they ring the bell for the break. It just there's a bunch of points where yeah. the movie just didn't hold together from like hey I if if I have to suspend my disbelief, make it this make this either funnier or more supernatural. Right. But there's too many gaps. And then like I said, he if you really if you watched again and like so maybe I'm turning into snob because of this segment, but 
he used every single camera transition trick that I've ever seen in a movie ever. <laughs> and so I give it a solid C plus because I think if you like something similar to a rom-com, mm-hmm. uh, there's a little bit of humor in it, but I like that uh, for drama. Definitely, definitely see it. I mean, ultimately, I would recommend it to to Lee's and week week. You would recommend it to who? Never, never mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, listen, Todd. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna close out with my review. But while I'm doing that, maybe try to leave the room and come back in again. Uh, yeah. Yep. Me? Yeah, because okay. your your audio is cutting a little bit. Okay. Oh, Todd. Even come back. Oh, yeah, Todd. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. No, no. no. Nick, I thought you were going to sign me something. Yeah, no, I didn't know. No, 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 no. I, I thought, well, maybe that'll fix it. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so I had to watch 1899 f- from you, Nick. Um, so in 30 seconds. Uh, so it's a Netflix sh- original show um, mm-hmm. made by the same guy who created Dark, which uh, you've assigned to me and I think everybody else uh, on the show. And... So I watched the first two episodes. They're an hour each. Um, I I I think I'm still very confused as to what's going on, but it's very much a uh, sort of a mystery show where you know there are a number of passengers um, on board a uh, a cruise ship uh, in 1899, mm-hmm. um, and then some things happen that are I think. Uh, Still, it's still unexplained after the end of episode two, but they kind of set in motion this. Uh, it's almost bordering on supernatural, um, certainly unexplained um, things that are happening on board their ship, um, and I, I, without getting into why they're happening or what I, what I know after after two hours of this show, um, I guess I, I I guess I could say the. I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely going to keep watching. Um, I would recommend it because the the two lead characters, the cap, the ship's captain, and then uh, a woman named Mora mm-hmm. in the show, um, seem to me to be really good actors. Um, some of the scenes that the captain has put on, especially in episode two, were really like, cap- wow, that's really good work, captivating. Yeah, definitely worth watching. I mean, you always want to. Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend ten hours on a series uh, on on Netflix or any other streaming service, the least you could hope for is for them to be some some good acting where you're like, wow, that guy did a really good job. Like I completely bought his performance, and he really, you know, I was I kind of got lost in it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, only downside I could say is that it's it's a you know compared to other mystery shows I've seen, like with Dark, Dark was very. Um, was very dark it was very it was very bleak there were uh, almost no moments of humor whatsoever in the show Mm -hmm. and this show is very similar i think there was one joke it wasn't even a joke it was just it was dialogue that um was probably the closest to being you know a (laughs) a funny ironic musing by a character yeah in the second episode that's a that's the closest they got no one's laughing in the show it's all very, very serious and dour. So just kind of know that going in, that if you're looking for something that... Because, you know, as a mystery show, Lost had definitely had its humorous side. 
It did, yeah. A lot of episodes that were very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. There were there were characters that were literally there for comic relief that were given some other things to do, but the show has none of that. I I kind of um, I think it's tantamount to to like thinking about um, Tim Burton and his style, and I feel like the director of Dark and this show mm-hmm. clearly has has a style. And right. I, I think this is this is his thing. Like I think this is he loves that um, almost sci-fi uh, edge, but of of a very serious undertone. Yeah. And it for me, it's very different. Um, I didn't even know this was something produced by whoever the director is, um, but I started noticing some similar characters from Dark, mm-hmm. and then. Oh, some of the same actors they used? Yeah. Like oh, like okay. the uh I forget. Let's who, not spoil it. No, no, I'm not spoiling anything, but I, I the the guy with the blonde hair, it looks like he's almost albino. Like he okay. I remember specifically him in Dark. Dolph Lundgren. Is that who it is? <laughs> is that are you serious? <laughs> no, it's I'm not like, no, likely no, it's not. It's not <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. No, well he I just remember because he's like He's just odd looking to me, and okay. I remember that as standing out. Okay, um, but I also in this one, it was not clear to me until almost halfway through the first episode that it was dubbed. That it was dubbed. Yeah. Did you watch the dubbed version? No, it's dark. Is a German show, <clears throat> right? This was also dubbed. The show was also dubbed. It was very well, and it was very close, but it was not. Hold on a minute. Yeah, (laughs) I'm telling you. So there, there were definitely um, scenes where, uh, in the first couple of episodes, which are the ones I watched, where people were speaking French, Spanish, Italian, German. I'm, I'm, so I'm almost positive that 1899 was dubbed. So we've had this conversation before. It's come up before. Uh huh. There's when you go on a Netflix, whatever you watch takes on whatever setting that you were watching something else on. Mm-hmm. It kind of carries over from show to show, which can be problematic when you were watching something that is from a you know uh, an international director, um, where they're using you know actual language speakers for those for those parts. So you can listen to a dubbed version of this of eighteen ninety nine. You can watch a dubbed version. Or you can watch the original version with subtitles. So I feel like you did not watch the subtitle version. I did you? You watched yes. subtitles? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I watched the dub version. Okay. Okay. And I watched the dub version of, of Dark as well. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, but as long as you know that you don't have to, you can watch the actual Yeah, well but the the coolest part about uh Dark that and 1899, as I later learned, because it's a lot of the same characters and a lot of the same director, Yeah, is that um, some of my favorite characters that I got on board with in, like, you almost feel, like, uh, deceived. You know, you're like, well, they, you know, I, I feel like they're such great actors, and, and I didn't get to hear them originally. But yeah. then I looked into it, and they said about 95% of the cast of Dark um also spoke English, and they oh, so they dub their they own would dub their own in, voices. In, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and that that's obviously if you can get that, that's what you want. Yep. But I f- I feel like it was Corey that ended up watching something. He gave it a shitty review. 
He can't do dubbed or subtitles. No, well, he definitely can't do subtitles. He doesn't like dubbed, but he does. But he hates subtitles even more. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was dubbed, um, or maybe he watched. I'd have to go back and ask him, which I don't plan on doing. No, but, no. Uh, let's just say he watched the subtitled version of something and hated it, and then was he, and then definitely did not know that he could have watched the dubbed version. Um, I think it was uh, Lupin. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We told him it was dubbed, and he was like, and he tried to play it off like he decided he didn't want to, but clearly, like, he didn't know that that was a thing, and had realized he just wasted like two hours of his of his day but watching I, watching the subtitles when he doesn't care for that. Yeah. So, so you did the subtitle version. I did. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather. I don't have a problem with subtitles at all, and I would rather be able to, you know, quickly scan the subtitle and then watch you saying the words and realizing that it is your voice with all the inflection that that you should have and. I don't care if it's another language. If it's French, I'm probably going to understand what you're saying. But if it's something else, I get I, at least I know it's authentic. So I, I will say this, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, is to come full circle. Like the reason that I'm so impressed with this and I don't, however they did it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very hard to discern that it was that it was a dubbed show. I didn't even know it till about halfway through the first episode. I wonder if so they it was very close because they got the same actors to dub their their own voices over their own voices, but this time in English. I wonder if they knew where to put the emphasis on the syllables. Maybe. There was, <laughs> you know it, what I mean? Because was, the pacing was, of Spanish is different than English. Yeah. So it, in it, order to match up the words with what their mouth is doing on the screen, maybe they changed their English a little bit. To, maybe. And and for me, it was super cool because, uh, you know, I, I honestly thought I restarted it. Because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, sometimes if you start Netflix – Every like once in a blue moon, like the the words just won't line up like right on time. Like if you've ever experienced that, I've experienced oh, that. I don't know that I have, but once yeah, I would, and I I've, would do the same thing. I've turned it off and turned it back on, and it was fine. Yeah, and I did that, thinking that uh, that was happening, and and then I started watching it again, and then I thought, when I saw that actor, I thought, oh my god, he's, <laughs> he's a German fucking actor from. They're not even fucking speaking this language right now. And then I was looking right. for it. Right. And so then I noticed, you know, but they did a really great job and the dubbing was great. You know, it wasn't like that, you know, like mouth moving a hundred miles a minute and thank you, you know, <laughs> like, it, was, like it, it actually, yeah. it worked really well. Like an so. old, uh, old Bruce Lee film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess I would give it a, a Todd Dillon grade of B. Um, I, I will, I, I think I am, ju- I am, I'm definitely intrigued enough to want to know what, what happens next? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even going to ask you if it's worth it, like if it pays off in the end, because that's kind of cheating. I'll make I'll make that call. Um, okay, so new assignments for next week. So can we yeah. just go to sure. the left? Um, well, we. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. All right, great. <laughs> so I got I have Nick. Nick has Todd, and Todd has me. So, Todd, I'll make it short and sweet, buddy. All right. Pepsi, where's my fucking jet? <laughs> Got it. Saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> uh, Bob, you get your wish. Oh, Dairy Girls? Yep. Sweet. Machu Picchu. I'm excited about that. I'm just going to copy that entire line over from Corey. So you just, all you just got to do is change the names from last week. <laughs> Well, no, everybody's got their own section, but uh, what that may mean is that 
next week uh, he'll give his and I won't have to do mine. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Nick. Um, Jesus. I got a big old list. I see uh, that. Uh, I know. I had one. I have, I have a perfect one picked out for him, too. That's what I was hoping I'd get him. I have a whole bunch of perfect ones here. I just got to figure out which one. Which one it is. Uh, and so I'll generally ask, like, do you have any preference? I am in a Western mood. If you've You are in a Western mood. If you've got anything like that, that'd be great. Uh, but it's up to you, buddy. I do. I do. Um, let's see. There's uh It's been enough new stuff. I need to go back. You need to go well, back in time? Back to the prairie. Back to the prairie. All right. I could do this a couple different ways. Okay. Um Well, why don't we continue with the same? Um, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Unforgiven? Uh, I believe I have. I think so. Uh, uh, fill me in a little bit. Uh, Clint, Actors: Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, yes, Gene Hackman. Yes, 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 yes. I have. Gene Hackman's your favorite. All right, you've so. assigned, you've assigned uh, that to me, or I watched it on my own. Okay. All right. So we're because because I. Th- um, I think I commented on the fact that, yeah, because someone had to have assigned it to me because I commented on the fact that I've never, I wouldn't think of more Morgan Freeman in a Western. And I think he did. What? A, I think he did a fantastic job. <laughs> we, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. If you, if you had some objection to Oh, that. never mind. I, I must've missed, missed that, the first part. That I, character. He, 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 he fixed it. <laughs> that character. He fixed it. He, he, he fixed did. it at the end. He did. It was, it was not a black thing. It was just <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Right, and I was like, uh, I just, you know, he's so more, he's so who he is, almost typecast. Yeah. and I'm like, I just can't see this, but he, he did, he knocked it out of the park. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be funny, Bob. No, I just figured out what I'm going to give you because I somehow I've, I've looked through this list three different times, uh-huh. and I thought I only had two choices, but it turns out I have three, and the third one is it. You got Blazing Saddles. All right. Oh boy. This is gonna. This is gonna. This could be troublesome, you, Bob. You think that this is gonna come back to blow up in my face, Todd? I think it might. Todd, is this like a hokey '80s spoof on westerns? Because then I'm. Uh, yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm. I'm. This. Hold on. Now, hold on. Do I'm not afraid. spoil this because I am not I'm taking not, this back. This is. I know. I'm afraid. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Todd has all been of right my in, comments. Todd has me. been right in the past. No. I'm not saying Todd's. <laughs> I'm not saying Todd's wrong. Yeah. All I'm saying is that this is something that has to happen. Okay. This is a three-point shot, though. I mean, ultimately, yeah. if you like this, Nick. This is my Hail Mary. Oh, absolutely. This is a three-point shot from the from half court <laughs> with your with, with a hand in your face. Well, I'll tell you right now, you guys <laughs> are twisting an ankle. You guys are speaking the right language to the right guy. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I use Hail Mary and three-point shots in my everyday <laughs> talk. Yeah. <laughs> Picking up what you're throwing down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really knocking it out of the park. I just feel like they're, look, of this long list I have. This is spanking it with sand. (laughs) Everything goes back to the crotch and ass. I feel like, right. I can't get a win. Todd's like, we're almost done. (laughs) And I'm not sure what he, what I said was going to be the title of the episode. So let me just throw out some sayings. (laughs) I, there's a there's a big segment of your list that is specifically due to input from you of movies that you haven't seen based on who your favorite actors are that I okay. put in there for you. I appreciate that. 
the least that you could do is take the rest of the list seriously as going like this is stuff that I legitimately think you will like and if you're and I would say if you're a fan of westerns this needs to be in there okay it is a, it, it is a classic film that uh, any true western fan would probably have seen sir when it comes to movies you are like a doctor would you and agree Todd? I will take your prescription would you agree Todd <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you're still, you're still thinking I'm shooting myself in the in the foot. Okay. I do. I, like I said, right. I think this is this is it. This is this is you are either going to knock it not only out of the out of the park, like literally, like in San Francisco where they knock it into the water. Right. You're going to hit it there, or this is going to be the biggest freaking flop. <laughs> well, yeah, the biggest exactly. turd ever laid. Exactly. It feels like this is going to be very binary. There's no, there's going to be no gray area here. No, and I don't. Uh, that's that's my sweet spot. I want. Uh, I'm either going big or going home, and, yep, I and like it. there's no I in like between it. in this one. I like it. Uh, fingers crossed for uh, no cat, no Western Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we need to close right now, this minute. So thank you for joining us on behalf of Nick and Todd and Corey. This is Bob saying we'll see you next weekend.